Alrighty, folks, welcome back to another episode of the Uppercut Podcast. And in today's episode, me, Mikey, and Jeff are going to be reviewing UFC 291. We're going to go through all of the fights on this card and how our picks did with a lot of reactions to the very cool outcomes that happened. So let's start with our overall feelings on the card. This was another... An absolute fucking banger. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what... It's close to being the best card of the year. I think if they had better fights, it would have been the best card of the year. There was great fights on here, but we lost, obviously, Stefan Wonderboy Thompson versus Michelle Peta. Um, yeah, and, and it felt real short. It was very short. It, it, that's just because it was. There was, like, two or, I think, early three early prelims and then, like, four prelims and then, like, yeah, five. Yeah, and not too many decisions, so it really no. blew by. It was a great card. It, it went by very quick. I think it started at around 7 and ended by like 11. It was very nice. Or 12, maybe 1230. Um, yeah, it wasn't very late. It wasn't very late. And most of it was them stretching because they had to make the different times for like the main event it has to start at 10 or whatever. So they really stretched it. Um, yeah, a lot of great car, a lot of great fights on this card. A lot of fun. Let's start with the first fight. Dustin Poirier versus Justin Gaethje. Justin Gaethje finishes it in round two with the headshot bang in the original arena where the headshot bang took place, um, knocking out Dustin Poirier with a headshot kick out of nowhere, seemingly. What a performance from Justin Gaethje. Uh, did you guys think he won round one? I thought he did, but it was close. Uh, yeah. Maybe a 10-10. I thought he slightly edged it out. Yeah. Um, did you got? We'll start with you, Mikey. Did you see the headshot coming, or did you? Um, how did you think see this fight playing I, out? I don't want to act like I'm a genius or anything and say yes, but he he was consistently Poirier. I'm referring to leaning in and deep with his right shoulder and leaving that left wide open. I I don't know if I saw a head kick coming, but it seemed like both these guys. I mean, they both these guys have a tendency to put themselves in dangerous predicaments. So an ending like this to me was great, but it wasn't. I didn't think it was all that shocking coming from this fight. Of all fights. Fair. Jeff? Yeah, not really. No, not at all, honestly. <laughs> I yeah. mean, I, I know they were going to get in the war and all, but a fucking head kick, dude? I did not see that one coming. Yeah, I did not I did not see it coming. Um, It happened so quickly, too. I was just like, holy. But this, dude, this was the card of fucking wacky finishes. This was the least yes. wacky, dude. Yeah, By not far. the only not the only headshot knockout either on the card. Um, yeah, yeah so... both these guys have been in complete wars too. So I would expect as they age for more wacky ones to happen, like they're going to start getting finished. I know it's not yeah. really like normal to see these guys get finished with knockouts, but it's going to just continuously happen. And um, as heavy as I was on Poirier, I want to say one thing to tag along with it because both you guys picked Gaethje. I am glad Gaethje won though because he's going to be a way better matchup for Islam than Poirier would be, I think, honestly. I think so, too. So, yeah, that's where I wanted to get to next. Uh, what happens next for Poirier? What happens next for Gaethje? I guess we're looking at the Islam versus Gaethje conversation right now. Um, Jeff, is that something you want to see? Oh, yeah, obviously. But I just feel like there's a whole lot of time in between that, waiting for Abu Dhabi, and then waiting. But, uh, yeah. But yeah, I I definitely want to see that because I I don't see who else can be a number one contender. Yes, it's Mikey, just, how do you... that's a long layoff for Justin? I feel like it is. Uh, Mikey, do you have any idea on fights that Justin could take in the meantime during that layoff, or do you think he just waits it out immediately after this fight? I was looking. I don't see anyone. I I mean, 
You got Darius. He's supposed to fight Armin Sarukian. Gamrot's got a fight scheduled. I think Fiziev and Gamrot are fighting next. So, I mean, <laughs> he's not going to fight Dan Hooker. So, I probably nobody. I don't know. I would I would like to see either fight, though. Even if Charles somehow pulls out the win, I would love to see a Gaethje-Charles, too, for the belt. That'd be great. I would love to see either fight. Now, what happens to Dustin Poirier? Obviously, he's lost coming off of a loss now. Um, he's gonna, he's obviously pretty old, and this is a weird spot because everyone's kind of fought each other already. So what, what do you think happens next for Dustin Poirier? He already comes out and says that he doesn't want to be fighting young up-and-comers. Do you think he should suck it up and take those fights, or do you think he has the right to say that he can avoid those fights and actually avoid them, Mike? Um. No, I don't see why he couldn't fight Chandler or maybe fight Fiziev. I don't know if Fiziev constitutes a young up-and-comer to him. Maybe it does. I mean, it's weird, though, because he's been around forever, so it gives this impression that he's old. He's younger than a lot of people. He's 34. He's younger than Alex Pajeda, who are, or Pereira, who we're about to talk about next fight, could be fighting yeah. for the title. So he's really not, like, that old. He's just taking a lot of damage. Um, I don't know. He's going to be in a tough spot. I guess – if Charles loses a fight between him and Charles could be a good draw, but a lot of these other guys, like why would he want to fight Darius? I don't know why he'd want to fight Gamrot. I don't know why he'd want to fight Sarukian. So I guess it's really just going to be Charles Chandler or I guess Gaethje three could be a big one too. What about McGregor, Jeff? Yeah. I mean, obviously, I mean, I feel like Dustin, he's definitely like in that money fight category where he, he can really just fight anyone in that weight, and it's going to draw eyes. It, he's at the point where it doesn't even matter if it's a title fight or not, so I'm not worried about him. All right, yeah, let's he, move he on. He reminds me a lot of Max. Me? Holloway. Oh, Holloway. Duh. Yeah. yeah not me. <laughs> yeah, you. <laughs> My dumbass. All right, Jesus. Uh, yes, Max Holloway. Good call, because he's, he's the best of the best, but he can't get to beat the best me? of the best. Me? No, me? I thought I thought Mike. You know how Mikey has these very crazy analogies that always end up making sense. Um, I thought I do got some like wacko that. ones. That yeah. that one wasn't one. You always pull them off. They do always work. I thought you were gonna do some magic there. <laughs> Whoopsies. Um, yeah, no, you're talking about how he's like Holloway, obviously, because Holloway's really, really good. And any other division that's not as deep, he would be the top of. But just because of who the guys are in this division, Poirier is not the top of them. Correct. Completely yeah. correct. Okay. All right. Let's move on now to the co-main event. Our our Polish brother, Jan Blachowicz, loses to Alex Pajeda. And I want to start on this one. Um, obviously, I've been pretty outspoken on this podcast about how much I believe that scoring sh- should be based off of damage, right? And this fight, this score for this fight was an example of them scoring off of damage, which I like that. The problem is they don't do that always. They always kind of... I mean, every judges are all the judges are different. Every kind of state has different commissions that judge differently. And this is the biggest issue in the sport, in my opinion, because if you're going to score for takedowns like other, you know, judges or commissions or states have scored, Jan Blahovich wins this fight with the takedowns um, in the control time. If you're going to score for damage, which is what they scored for this fight, obviously, Pajeda wins. Um, usually, when it's the, I like, I like this way of scoring. And I do think Alex Pereira won the fight. That being said, I think that they don't usually score like that, and they didn't take into account takedowns in this fight. And because of that, I do think if they were going to score it the other way, Jan Blahovic should have won this fight. Um, 
obviously he looked completely gassed and Pereira looked to be in much better shape, but I just wanted to know how you guys felt about that um, thought process on this fight, because it's kind of annoying. I thought, it should, I, I don't know that they need to fix it. They need to have one commission that overrules everything and fixes the scoring criteria. Either they take into account c- control time and clinch time and takedowns and scoring and do it all like that, or you do damage. So we got to figure that out. But am I on the right? Do you guys agree with that train of thought? We can start with you, Jeff. Yeah, no, no fucking doubt. And I mean, it was definitely a hard one to say that Yad won, but if you, if you look at the numbers on paper, Yad won that fight, no doubt. Yeah. Because he had like a whole, what, Five or six minutes of control time. I think it was five nineteen. Uh, so five minutes nineteen seconds. I think something like that. And he had two takedowns, successful and, takedowns. Yeah, in round three alone, I'm pretty sure he had two minutes. Round one, he two had two the, minutes as well. Yeah, two of the five minutes. So I mean, you're going off scoring criteria and maybe three different, like different judges. Then he's winning that fight. So they need to figure it out because it's the decisions are going to keep being wonky until you have a set thing of rules, right? Yeah, yeah, and I mean, brilliant. it kind of feels like Jan kind of dominated more of a fight. Like, he had more of a larger moment and had more of an impact on the pace of fight. Like, Alex had his moments. He had his moments, a quick glancing power. And it's funny. But I... I This is a weird... This is going to be a weird take, so you guys can give me shit for it. But I still feel like we don't know if Alex is like an elite level fighter yet, because every single one of his fights has had an asterisk next to it. Like the first couple, it's like, Oh, those guys yeah, are cans. That I don't not know. I think, I think if he, if he went up and weight and actually he made a close fight and I mean, he won definitely yeah. won, but he won against Jan Blahovich. I'll give him that one. I'll give him that one too. But I just think it's funny because it's like every single Alex fight, and you can't we haven't put him next to a knockout either. He does have yeah. a knockout ever, is he? True. It's just interesting. I think there's every single fight, there's some sort of question because even with the knockout over Izzy, it's like, well, he's faced him a bunch of times. He really knows him better than a competitor just going in um, for the first time and getting the knockout. There's still a little bit of that. Um, and then in the Yawn fight, yeah, you can I even argue I'm... that there's a little bit of, that he might have even lost that based off the scoring criteria. I just think it's, I'm not saying, I, I think Alex Barrow is really, really good. And he answered a lot of the questions I had, especially with um, the takedown defense later in the fight. But then again, you have to question about whether or not Jan was extremely fatigued because it seems like he was. So I still think there's some yeah. questions surrounding how good um, or how elite Alex Pereira is. Yeah, it's funny you say that too, Max, because I was actually going to touch on that a little bit and kind of talk about the opposite effect of it. I actually kind of thought this was one of uh, Pereira's more impressive, complete wins. It was, to be honest. yeah. Like, to watch him be able to beat a guy in Jan who can implement wrestling, striking, and, I mean, I think we can all agree, probably a more well-rounded fighter than Izzy. I mean, Izzy's striking's yeah. obviously miles ahead of Jan's, but everything else, no. And Jan's got his chin to steal. Granted, Alex didn't finish him, but still, I mean, he hung with a guy like that and won. It's really hard to take anything from him at this point. And I think the true test will be if he can beat fucking Yuri, I mean, Jesus fucking Christ, he'll be one of the better outside of the obvious like DC and a couple other guys. He'll be one of the better two division fighters we've watched in a long time. Because yeah. if he can beat Yuri and Izzy for a belt in a matter of two years, I mean, that's pretty fucking unprecedented. 
Yeah, I completely agree. I, I, I just want to know. Like, I'm saying, like, we don't know what his peak is yet, and I'm very excited to see it because I think against Yuri, we'll find out. I think that's yeah. the perfect guy to do it because Yuri brings it full tilt, five rounds, mixes up everything. He's yeah. like the perfect guy. He's like a world beater in that division right now. I mean, we saw it against Glover. It just so happened he got hurt, but True. he's a world beater right now. If he can beat Yuri and snap, like I assume at this point, I don't know what the rumors are exactly pointing to, but when they fight, it's going to be for the title, I would think. I would think, yeah. The light heavyweight division is just fascinating right now because of the all the injuries and like you you have a bunch of extremely capable champions like Jamal Hill and Yuri, um, and then they just get injured and they kind of vacate their belts. So it's very interesting to see how this shakes out. Um, I wish everyone was healthy because they could all fight each other. And that'd be Not sick. to mention, you got Alexander Rakic coming back here yeah. soon, too. He blew his exactly. knee out fighting Jan last year. Yeah. yeah. It just I, fucking, it sucks because, I mean, I was going to touch on it a little bit, too. I just, I'm a little scared in this fight because, about this fight because I'm scared Jan's Polish power might be gone. Yeah. Andy beat him at, the leg kick game as well, which is usually Jan's go-to thing. And Pereira is eating his legs up and welting his legs up. And really, I think that's how he kind of broke him down. Yeah, my yeah. biggest worry going forward for Jan, too, was like this kind of gave me like, I was like, is the next version of Jan we're going to see that last fight we saw of Glover? Like everyone thought like, oh, Glover doesn't age. He can't age. Nothing's ever going to like father time never catches up to him. And when he fought Jamal Hill, I remember me and Jeff watching that. And he yeah. got fucking obliterated. And that's my biggest gross. worry for Jan is if he keeps it going too long. Yeah, I think. Um, Yeah, I don't know and, how much longer he has. It's just like such a fuck decline because like he's literally a couple shitty decisions away from a having about already. Or B being the number one contender. Yeah. And another shitty part for him, like if you look down the line, he's gotta fight someone tough next. Like he's he's not getting an and easy you, fucking gimme fight next. There's no and you're shot. Forty and you're and you're definitely at least one fight away from the belt now. He's in a tough yep. spot for sure. Um next fight on the card, Jeff, I'm just gonna let you go ahead and and do your thing on this Ooh, one, Derek. Oh my god, dude. Derek fucking lewis from way downtown who what a funk hit dude i mean coming in i mean this was about to be on the fucking prelim yeah this was about that that's a crime i mean i hate to say thank god the wonder boy fight thing didn't happen and we got to see this on fucking main card but dude this was worth the fucking $80 mission fee for the fucking pay-per-view, dude. I, I don't even know where to, where to begin with it. Derek Lewis somehow turns into fucking Jorge Masvidal, fucking gets the six-pack, comes in, flying knee off the fucking bat, brings it down, fucking ground and pad, perfect win, rips his shorts off because his balls was hot. I mean... It's the perfect Derek Lewis fight. This might be my one of my favorite fights of all time. I'm right there with you. Also, the best post fight interview, my favorite post fight interview of all time. He talks about yeah. just dicking down his wife, shit. which was hilarious. He's like, I don't know, man. Just did some shit. He's like, <laughs> shout at the end. He's like, I'm gonna be home and do all this shit to his wife. That was hilarious. The balls was hot. <laughs> it, it was everything. It was fucking perfect. Love Derek Lewis. Um. 
one of the all-time favorites, my all-time favorites for sure. Uh, so happy with I this do outcome. Too, but let, let's be fair. That's that's original Brock, Brock Lesnar line. What? Never seen that when he fought fucking Frank Mir. He's like, I'm going to go home and pound my wife. Yeah. Uh, I, I, oh, yeah. This was a little he, – he added his own little spin to it, I think. Yeah. I, I was happy you won. I'm happy you re-injected some life into his career because, I mean, you heard what I had to say before this yeah, fight. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't even hating on him. He's one of my favorites too, but he's just been abysmal his last three fights. I was happy to see him inject a little life back into his career. This kind of gave me hope too that maybe he can rack off a couple more wins before he goes out. I yeah. wasn't thinking there was any he, shot in hell. I thought he was going to be more like the guy we're going to talk about at loss the next fight, Yeah, <laughs> which is kind of a sore subject for people, but yeah, he proved otherwise. I yeah, hate to good. say to you cocksuckers, but an athletic black beast is beating John Jones on it <laughs> <Okay>. here. <laughs> All right. That's we'll let him have that. Um Six okay, black let's black beast, are you kidding me? <laughs> um, isn't never mind. Uh okay. I wanna let's ask one thing. Was it All was right, that was that post fight interview better than fucking uh I'd like to apologize to absolutely nobody. Was that, that one was pretty good. That? That's pretty good. That's one. my favorite one ever. I don't know if it's more iconic. It's not as iconic for sure, but it's more. F- I enjoyed it more. I thought the that was double funnier. champ does what the Fulky wants. Yeah, that's my favorite um, one. That's a I good don't know. one, dude. It's not funny, but dude, an iconic one. Is, There's a stigma. <laughs> that is oh, a good no. one. It is an iconic one. <laughs> dude, that the is Chandler. an absolutely great one. I saw that one pop up on my fucking reels the other day. There's the a Chan- stigma. The Chandler one's good where he goes, Conor McGregor. He screams at McGregor. Yeah, that's yeah. an awesome one. That's a good one. Um, Rose's was good after, like, talking about it, leaving her, herself and all that type of shit. Um, yeah. Was, yeah. Oh, well, um, what was the dude? Um, fuck, was it Was it Damon Jackson? Who was it whose brother died and he Damon gave the Jackson. thing right after? Yeah. That was yeah. a good one, too. That was, that was a good one. Yeah, shout yeah. out Uppercut alum Damon Jackson. Um, Okay, let's do it. Tony Ferguson. God. He looks good. He looks good there for about 30 seconds, gets a pretty vicious eye poke, and then uh, showed how washed he is. And um, I love him to death. I hope he retired. He didn't retire. He's already got another fight with Mike Jackson, who I hope he kicks the shit out of. Um, that's not probably not going to happen, though. Although Mike Jackson is someone that he can beat the crap out of because Mike Jash- Jackson's trash. So there's that. Um, and, yeah, so, God, I hope he doesn't lose to him, but... I really hope Tony retires. And I'm actually, it's like dark when he fights now. It's not even enjoyable to watch him fight. It's just like, this guy is so fucked up. You can tell, like... He's a shell of himself. Yeah. And then it's just, I'm worried, like, what's going to happen to him when he stops fighting. He seems one of those, like, one of those guys that's going to have a uh, trouble readjusting to regular life. I'm worried for him. I just hope he stops because he's clearly got some mental Dude, stuff going on, too. completely. Did you guys watch the Embedded? No. But oh, I, my I God, know about dude. Him. Like... I don't know if he does anything but train. Yeah. It's all, I mean, I know that's the point of embedded, but even in the embedded, like you get to see a little bit more of like their personal lives. Like they showed uh Gaethje, like at his house eating with, with his dog. family and shit. Yeah. Dude, Ferg's just rolling around on mats the whole time he's in with a beanie, like with a fucking 4X yeah. beanie on. Dude, a beanie way too Hell big yeah. for him. Rolling around on mats. He literally went up to the screen and was like, Auga. Like, I don't Jeez. think he's going to have a good time. I think you're right, Max. <laughs> I'm nervous for him. Oh, man. Yeah, I, that was just an utterly disappointing performance I mean, by him. I don't think there's anything he can do really to go forward. He won the hearts of fucking thousands, maybe millions in his prime in 2018. But 
I'm not saying he lost their hearts, but he definitely lost their eyes. I'm I'm done yeah. watching Fergie fights. They're yeah. they're really hard to watch for me. They are, Jeff. Yeah, he he aged like how he's like I don't no, know, like how Skip Bayless wish fucking LeBron <laughs> aged, dude. <laughs> like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like when he left fucking Cleveland, dude. Like this is oh god, what six in a row, five in a row, something six. like that. I believe it's six. I think the worst part this for is everybody is like, is the like uh like sentimental feelings they have towards him too. You know, if you watch someone, see... God, Jeff. Oh, and also it's the way he loses too. Like seeing him almost look indestructible, watching his arm get broken off and not tapping, and all that crazy shit, and then now watching him fucking get guillotined by a forty-year-old and then get arm triangled by another 40 year old it's like oh it's really over yeah i know that's what i was gonna hint at like the sentimental feelings like you're talking about someone who we were gonna say was the only person who could beat habib is now losing the fucking yeah. bobby green like what is going on dude like it's it's really hard to watch i definitely don't want to watch him fight mike jackson i don't want him to go out fighting fucking people who were never on his level and lose it yeah like that's what, and that's where it seems like the trajectory we were headed. Because if he didn't retire this fight, why the fuck would he retire the next one? Is what was going on in my head. Yep. Uh. Yeah. All right. Next fight: Michael Chiesa versus Kevin Holland. Hey, this one's a happy one. Kevin Holland is back, boys. He showed that takedown defense that we were questioning after the Hamzat fight, and he just just dismantled Michael Chiesa. And he did exactly what I was going to say. He noticed that Chiesa get gets um a little nervous when he gets touched and leaves himself open and then got it to the ground and was able to get it done. And I was, I'm super happy for Holland. I don't think he should dude, change weights. This is his weight class. Stay not here. even, not even gets a little nervous, dude. Like Kevin Holland said, dude, Michael Kiesa absolutely crumbled at a knee that missed him. Yeah. That, that's, that's concerning, dude. It is. It really is. Like, um, I don't know. I don't know what. I don't what know where he is. where he goes from here. I mean, he's got to like really get get a real check in here because if you're that, that one dimensional and you really can't take a shot at all, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, I think he's going to be more of an analyst now. I think that's what he should do as well. Um, but yeah, great win for Holland. How did you feel about this one, Mike? Yeah, I agree, and I completely – that's what I was going to harp on a little bit, which you said. I know maybe it's like a tough weight cut for him. That's the way he made it sound. He said he likes to eat steak and fuck to stay up and wait. Naturally. And so I know he doesn't maybe want to be in welterweight, but the whole time I was talking to my friend at work today, we always talk about UFC. I'm like, dude, if he could manage to stay at welterweight at the point he is – at the skill level he is as a fighter right now, if he can manage to stay at welterweight consistently – I mean, fuck sakes, boys. The sky would be the limit for this motherfucker. I know. I know. Because, like, I mean, I mean, look at the guys in front of him. We're talking about him fighting. I mean, he could probably – he could have a good duel with, with Bilal. He could probably have a good one with Kobe. He could probably beat Kamaru at this point because I don't even – I think I heard today that Kamaru can't even really walk at this point. Yeah, he can't even I mean, run. Yeah, he could beat some guys in the welterweight. And he has a loud enough mouth and not in a bad way, and he draws enough eyes to, like – I mean, this division is getting stale with title fights. He could be a title contender. It's yeah. really disappointing that he's going to get right back up. Yes. Um. All right. 
Gabriel Bonfim versus Trevin Giles. I have one thing to say. Gabriel Bonfim is a fucking problem, and we get him a ranked fight because, goddamn, this guy is a problem. Does anyone? Yeah, uh, dude, I don't, I don't oh, want a oh. ranked fight for him yet. Maybe one, one really solid guy, and then, and then ranked after that, depending. Oh on no, dude. He, he called out Neil Magny. I think that was a great yeah, one. That's a good call out. I like that call out. I think that's like the perfect thing for him. I I don't I don't. I think he needs a couple more dude. fights, dude. We've watched some of these twenty five year olds fight off more how... than two and get whooped. And I'm not I mean, saying yeah, he but would. They're they're He's not talented. they're not this technically sound, dude. He, yeah. He's Bumping so damn technically good. sound on the ground. I I don't know. There's something different about him. I agree. I, I'm I'm there with him. I think I think Neil Magny was the perfect call out. I really do. I, I'm not not saying I'm not there with him, but jumping from Chevin Giles to Neil Magny is like holy shit. I it mean, is a jump, but I think he's ready for. If, if he jump. could pass that test, yeah, but I think they're literally the same fighter, but a little bit better. They're literally jack of all trades. Yeah, pretty much just fucking getting you to a decision every time. Yeah, um, I mean, if he could pass the test, he. Would, I'm not saying he'd make me eat my words because I would probably still pick him against Neil Magny, but very slightly. I, I, I think you should try. My thoughts are you should get as many fights leading up to ranked as you can before you take on the ranked. Is what I think. I know it's not really ever how it works out in the UFC, but I mean, you got some tough motherfuckers you're going to fight in that top 15. This is a pretty fucking tough division to fight in. I know, I was just talking about Kevin Holland. Kevin Holland's also way bigger than Bonfim, so. I mean, hey, bite off what you want to Yeah, fair. All right. We're not really going to cover the CJ Vergara's Venetia Salvador fight. This was kind of the low point of the card. It was not a great fight. He continues to have weird fights. This is the same guy who ran around last last fight, remember? Dude, and we we thought, like, I I had a feeling this was going to happen coming in, and I actually, like, wrote this on, wrote notes for this on a preview, and I realized we weren't even previewing it. And, dude, it, it it was so predictable that this was going to be a fucking snoozer. Yeah, that's why we didn't preview it. fucking Andrew Tate-looking motherfucker is... He, he's a fucking point fighter. This yeah. fucking Tate lookalike. Yeah, that's why we didn't preview it. We kind of knew it was going to be a snoozer. Um, Kopilov, holy fuck, boys. He gets the headshot bang KO over Claudio Ribeiro and does not get a performance bonus, even though he should have. Um, What a performance from Kopilov. And I'm with you, Mike. Legit contender now, though. I know you said that beforehand. He's had the fights oh, to yeah. back it up. I'm I'm he's, ready. He, he's a fucking absolute animal, dude. I, I'm not saying I called this at all because I don't think anyone did, but I think people, a lot of people are really sleeping on uh, Punahele Soriano heading into their last fight. Like, he's not, I like, mean. a talented fighter. It's kind of fucking – yeah, I mean, yes, you guys weren't. <laughs> but it's kind of hard to, like, beat a lot of those, uh like, Polynesian fighters who are in your face and hit – like a, I mean, look at Ty. Yeah, I mean, look at Tuivasa. He's fucking top 10. Like, it's hard to beat a lot of those style fighters. And for me, watching Kabilov dismantle him like that, I had a lot of confidence coming into this fight, and he really proved it. And in the middleweight division, that's pretty stale. I mean, he could be... He could be some fun, for sure. He would Maybe be a fun. guy I think I'd rather see someone fight ranked next than Bonfim. Okay, yeah, that, he does have more fights. That um, is or, yeah, he has more fights in the UFC and everything, so I'm with you there. Jeff, how did you like this one? Yeah, this was a fucking great fucking great showing for Poppy Off. I mean, like going into this, I know I was a little more scared of fucking Claudio's power. That was completely flipped on its fucking head. 
I mean, he did have a little bit of a moment there at the end of mm-hmm. the first, but Pavlov, that head kick was fucking crazy. It was nice. Um, okay, next fight. Our boy Jake Matthews gets a submission over Darius Flowers. Shout out Darius Flowers. That was a fun fight. Um, he did the fake tie to Ivasa versus uh Cyril Gone, does the fake get knocked out and then explodes and for a flurry of punches. That was sick. Um he had a nice he had a nice start. Obviously, Jake Matthews kind of breaks him down and gets a submission win. Um great fight. A lot of fun. Not a ton to take away from this one. I mean, it was short notice against no one really that big. So um, unless you guys have anything to say, we can move on to the next fight. Jeff, I, do you have anything? Um, I, I just want to talk about how much fucking Rogies was. Dude, he was so mad about that nut shot call. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, was, was, that is a clean call. Is it, that is that a clean was not strike. old enough. That was not. Come on. Come on. Dude, when it's Rogies and DC and them together, they get fucking fired up over calls, dude. They're the best. Posting each other, smiling with the big old bags of jerky, dude. (laughs) Like they're little kids, dude. It's the absolute best. Oh, yeah, it's the best. Um, All right, let's talk about Matthew Semmelsberger versus Euros Medic. Euros Medic is fucking big. I have two takeaways. Euros Medic is massive, and Semi the Jedi is maybe is too nice because he cannot finish up on those KO he like he like knocks Euros and then doesn't finish finish him and then he gets knocked with an upkick himself and then obviously ends up getting knocked out eventually. Um, it was all him first round and parts of the second and I just he just he has a tough time pouncing on the opponent when they're down like that. Um, what were your takeaways from this fight, Mike? Yeah, I I don't want to necessarily write it off as like an IQ thing. I know a lot of people online write it off as that for semi the Jedi. I, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's an attitude adjustment he needs or something. I'm not sure. Maybe he's just too volatile of a fighter. But it's one nice. thing I could, I thought about this in the last fight is I would have never in a million years guessed Jake Matthews wins his fight, Semmelsberger loses his. I would I have never have fucking guessed that in a, in a million years. MMA like, math I, doesn't work sometimes. No, that it completely struck out once again. It actually yeah, this usually was... never fucking works. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, this was one of them fights that fucked us all, isn't it? Yeah, we all picked uh, Jake Matthews. He loses, and then we're like, "Well, let's pick uh, Semmelsberger because Jake Matthews is better." And then, bam, he loses to Euro. So I mean, yeah, it made zero. It made zero fucking sense. I, I don't yeah. know what to do with Semi the Jedi. I still like watching him fight, but yeah, he's. Yeah. I don't know. It doesn't make sense, Jeff. Anything on this one? Eh, you guys really covered it all. I mean, how's it? How's a great? Great performance from Euros, and this was honestly a pretty damn great banger for the early prelims. Um, Miranda Maverick versus Priscilla Cachueta. I used to be a Cachueta guy, but she's kind of fallen off. I just don't think she's she's not the elite uh, fighter at this level, and Miranda Maverick really put a clinic on here. I bet this one to go to decision, and of course, Miranda Maverick submits her with like 20 seconds left. No, it was like two minutes left in the third so that stinks for me but great performance from Miranda Maverick she really put on a clinic here with Cashuada I mean she just knew what she was going to do knew where the holes in Cashuada's game were and just or was and just really poked at him and got where she needed to be and really got the job done I was very impressed with her performance here um how did you guys feel about it um Miranda Maverick dude has this weird fucking way I think it's because she's so young she's only 26 So she'll probably continue to do this. 
She has this weird fucking way of having you write her completely off and say she stinks and she's not a good contender whatsoever. And then she comes out like this and gets a pretty good win. Like, I, I don't know what the fuck to make of Miranda Maverick. I don't know. Seriously. What do you think, Jeff? Because, like, she got it, whooped by Blanchfield, which Blanchfield, I mean, we see what Blanchfield is now, rattles off two wins, but then loses to Judah Vicious, which is like, what the fuck? But then she beats yeah. Priscilla Cachoeira. Yeah. I don't know what to make of her. Yeah, I have no idea. Like, this is, this is like that weird middle ground that it's like, where the fuck do you even, like, where do you even make your next fight at? Like, what, what ranking do you even touch the rank? Like, this is really hard to place it. <laughs> yeah, because it's like, is she really getting better or is she just beating women who might not be at the best point in their career? It's like, I can't fucking figure it out with her at all. Like, I would have picked against her heading into this fight, but she won. I, I don't know. Yeah. And every She's... time she fights anyone who's, like, really up and coming. Because, like, all her, all her, like, all her losses have aged really good. So yeah. So it's real hard to fucking place it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. All right. That's going to do it for us here at the Uppercut Podcast. We're going to be back later in the week to preview UFC Fight Night, Sandhagen versus Fawn. It's fucking Corey Sandhagen fight week, baby. I'm so excited. Two Me too. It's Font and Sandhagen going at it. Um, speaking of which, my girlfriend drove by the cartel uh, training facility the other day in Boston, which is pretty cool. Um, but yeah, stay tuned for that. We are going to be back later in the week, as I mentioned, to preview that card. And then even later in the week to review that card. We have a lot of um, fun episodes coming up on the road to UFC 292, which I will be in attendance for. And we do have a special guest coming on for UFC 293. So stay tuned for all of that. Thank you all for continuing to listen and peace.